You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft in the Fargo studio. And in studio with me is a name and voice I think would be familiar to you, Tim Moser. Good morning, Tim. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, As you walked in, I said this earlier. I'm loving the irony of this. <laughs> not just because you're a regular host for us, and I'm not necessarily a regular host for us, uh, but because of just my introduction to Real Presence Radio and Catholic Radio in general stems right to you. Like, Years it, ago. It, it was kind of weird. When she said, go ahead, I almost started talking because it's, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, yeah. you're hosting and I'm the guest. You know, yeah. but, but, but that's awesome. And, and, and thanks for doing this, by the way, Mark. I appreciate it. You know, it's, uh, your insights are, are, are wonderful and your experience. So, you know, it, it, it speaks a language that people need to hear. Thanks. I love it. As yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's moments like this, like this is easy. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time we were on air. Okay. I remember the first time. I don't remember the date. Right. <laughs> but, I, but just in general. So it was in the studio in Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, so our 1280 signal. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, being in, and I remember being nervous. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, it's fine. Like, it's really because of the way our relationship is and mm-hmm. friendship has been for, for years, we're talking faith. It really was just like, this is another conversation, just happens to be recorded. That's exactly And it. shared with whoever many listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, the microphones and headphones are just, you know, incidentals. You know, we're just yeah. talk, we're talking across the table, right? Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, that's awesome. Um, and as much as I could, we just go on yeah. about this. Uh, we are talking Catholic social teaching today, but I'm excited to have you in. You know, you're the, I, in my mind, it's new director. I guess it's not that new. Well, about eight or nine months. I'm, I'm the director of the Respect Life Office for the Diocese of Fargo now. After being 30 years as a teacher and coach at the college level, volleyball and various classes. And so I am loving this I Respect Life Office. It really hits something that's very, very near and dear to my heart. And that's the dignity of the human person. My, my first instinct is go with it. Okay. Say more well, about well, that. I love cool. it. Well, so first of all, we, we bandy about this idea of dignity a lot, right? You know, if, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says worthy of honor or respect. And, and, and that's a good place to start. When to talk about the dignity of human person, certainly we are. There's certain things that, w- that we need to think of and remember about because, you know, if you go back, I- I'd like to give you three R's and two of them yeah. in, the, in the Catholic social teaching. Uh, rights, responsibilities, but also restrictions. And, and I think that's the key. So if you look, you know, where, where do these rights come from? You know, everyone hears the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created. We know all that, right? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. But you know what the next line is? Many people don't. Why are governments instituted? Not to give us those rights, but to secure those rights. Now, people think, oh, government. I'm not going to talk about government. I want you to think about your family, Mark. You are the head of your family. And you and Meredith have this government. You didn't give your children those rights. Those are given to them by God. What's your job? Here's Meredith's job. Okay, hon. We got to make sure that everyone... These rights are secured for everyone. You know, so a big brother's beating up a little sister, whatever it is, right? You know, we got to do this. And your job is to teach them to do the same. So when we think about this, think about dignity. It begins, number one, with you, and it starts in your home, in your family. What are we doing to secure those rights and show our family that every person is worthy of honor and respect? Everyone has those rights. So we have the responsibility to do that, too. But but the, the third thing, and this is where a lot of people miss, especially in this day and age, you'll be able to see it now in this culture, is restrictions. 
You see, this culture looks at, hey, you know what? My dignity demands that I can choose whatever I want and everyone has to affirm it, yeah, has to celebrate it. There's this entitled notion. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, as John Paul II puts, if you want to read two paragraphs, Evangelium Vitae, it's his longest one, read 19 and 20. Here's basically what he says. He says, freedom destroys itself unless it's based on objective truth. And if we don't base it on that truth, what happens? Well, relativism is just going to creep in because everything is subject into my whim, mm-hmm. to my changing personal opinion or whim. Uh, very egocentric instead of Christocentric. That's yeah. exactly it. You know, and, and so what happens then? Well, by not restricting, because I'm making myself God. Look at Adam and Eve. Look at the fall. They wanted to be like God, but yeah. without God. And so the idea is this, when we have this, distorted view of what human dignity is. And there's two extremes, right? It's, it's that I'm God, okay? There's no restrictions on me. Or it, it, it goes all the way back to, you know, uh, just negating whatever people think and want to, you know, as far as life, you know, as far as all these things. And, and, and we get it from this. So we could quickly lay five things down for you. Go to, back to Genesis 1 and 2. What does human dignity mean? So we bantied about, number one, we're a child of God. That's our identity. Number two, made in his image and likeness, all right? That means will, intellect, memory, and can choose. Three, body, soul, unity. And I think this is one of the big things, Mark, that the people are, are losing today. If you look at, for instance, gender ideology, mm-hmm. what happens with that? Well, they're saying I can separate the facts of my biological makeup. That's a fact. That's an objective right. fact. And I can say, no, I, I feel this way. And in fact, I can just jump in, yeah. Tim, because you say objective fact. Even the notion there's su- such an effort to redefine our simple vocabulary, objective fact, and we can even point to so that fact points to an objective truth, an objective reality. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. this is what's happening, what's at work, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, because no, please, no, I want you to no, come no. back, but no. what's at work then is this whole dynamic is where ultimately it's the work of the evil one behind some of these things, these distortions, distortions to distort reality. To say, well, there's no such thing as an objective reality, right. which, of course, is relativistic values and norms that, you know, and I, it pains me to even say these relativistic norms. Yeah. But, so I, exactly. What, what do you mean? Those relativistic norms can change, right? Because they're relative. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's oxymoronic. Yeah. It really yeah. is. But please yeah. continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what happens is, of course, then, then we, we have people that they're making decisions, not just for themselves now, but for the rest of us, right, in leadership positions based on those things. We see it happening all the time. Now, again, people can go, oh my gosh, yeah, what are we going to do about it? Well, again, take it back to yourself. Number one, in your prayer, how are you doing? Where do I need to see? Am I being relativistic? Where do I need to see? Am I violating either my dignity or others' dignity in in some way, right? What about my family? What about those I'm responsible for? That's where it starts. Because, you know, look at you and Meredith, for example, every family, and, and most of us grew up in this family and are married and have family. The number one thing you can do is give them the faith and then teach them what, what the truth is and how to live this truth, right? How to embrace that. Amen. When you do that in your own home, what, you know, what John Paul II say, right? I love quoting him, as, as I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way of the world, the future of the world passes through the family. It's the central unit of what we do. So what we do in our families is key, all right? So the body, soul, unity. And of course, as male and female, that's the fourth principle. And then call to love as God loves. You know, who am I? How should I live? That is the key. So let's, let's wrap it all up. Human dignity, what does it mean? Okay. I am a body, soul, unity, right? Body and soul, but truly one. 
The spirit of life is breathed into me, just like God did to Adam in Genesis mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. 7. He takes the clay, breathes the spirit of life into him, right? Which I know, I mean, this is what the word, ins- to really inspire someone. This is what this really means. It comes exactly. from the Latin, inspirare, to breathe in, and expirare, to breathe out. We're called to be inspired so we can inspire others. But it, not just anything can inspire us. What are we breathing in, Timmy? So I, I, I'm... I'm right there with you. Keep going. That's absolutely. And, and just, just just a quick little thing about the church and the sacraments and, and why we do this. Go back to John 20. What's the first thing? Jesus says, peace be with you. And what does he do? He breathes on them. Why? To give them the power to receive sin, the proleptic Pentecost. We have the Holy yes. Spirit. And what does he do? Not just to give them life like he gave to Adam, but to renew us and give us spiritual life when we have fallen away through sin. To literally recreate, recreate to recreate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's key. So when we understand truly what, what human dignity is, that is the key. And then what I like to do, I'd like to leave, have our listeners have this image. Think, think of a bicycle wheel, okay? It has a hub, right? There's a center. Every wheel has a hub, has a center. Think of any wheel, yep. but I like to think of spokes. Think of this hub as human dignity. I call it HD, but HD is also high definition, yeah, yeah. right? So let's take a look. Yeah. What does it mean? See, so many people take all these issues, whether it's, you know, abortion or euthanasia or contraception or measure, and it's, well, that's this, that's over there. No, think of it this way. Use this image. I've got this hub of human dignity and think of each spoke. Let's use a letter. I, I like to use a letter. So we have A, abortion, right? Okay. B, uh, before life issues, bioethics, you know, C, contraception, D, dignity, uh, discipleship, you know, because it goes, you see what I'm saying? E, yes. euthanasia, yeah. end of life issues, you know, evangelization, G, gender. So you see each of these spokes on the wheel, as you go around, mm-hmm. they all have this hub of human dignity. So here's my point. If we truly understand what it means to be human, then the answer to abortion is clear. If we truly understand what, we, what human dignity means, then the answer to euthanasia is clear. We, we don't kill the person, we kill the pain. You know, we don't yep. eliminate, the, eliminate right. the pain. And so, but so many times the difficulty comes when we look at someone in this pain and say, I want their pain to end. So let me give you three C's that we have to, have to do before the break. I think we got time. Yeah. Compassion. Of course, you know what compassion means to people. Compassion. Compassion. Calm. With. Passion. Suffer. Suffer with. Mm-hmm. Be present. Of course, alleviate all the pain. Pain medication is, is great now. You know, when my mom died, she really wasn't in pain. But we were with her every day. We suffered. We went with her. So whatever someone has experienced, you know, gender dysphoria is a, is a great example today, you know, because people think, oh my goodness, you know, that look, look what's happening. They, they really want to be someone. They think they're someone else. We have to be compassionate. That's a disorder. But we're all disordered. I've got disorders, Mark. Right, You've got right, disorders. Exactly. We have to be compassionate and understand. Second thing, charity then. We need to respond in love, just like Jesus does, right? I'll get a couple examples after the break. And then finally, clarity. We can speak charity and clarity. They're both important. Compassion and challenge, clarity and charity are both part of love because we need to make sure that we're also sharing the truth of what that really means. And again, I'll give you some examples after the break, but, but that's what's so key. Suffering with someone and understanding how can we help deal with this disorder and this, this without, uh, without compromising the truth and still being compassionate and charitable. Tim, so loaded, <laughs> so loaded. And for our listeners, if you've been taken in the last 15 minutes, yes, you just took in a fire hose, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, there's so much more to be had when we come back, so please stay with us. We're with Tim Moser, Director of the Respect Life Office for the Diocese of Fargo. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. the number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu nursing. That's umary.edu nursing. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Mark Holcraft, your host for this Thursday morning with our guest, Tim Moser. Um, and we're talking life and dignity of the human person, one of the seven principles of Catholic social teaching. Um, one of the themes, sub-themes that's come out Already with our first two guests and now with Tim the third is we could be going on a lot longer. <laughs> the half hour on one hand is, is not enough uh, per se, but um, um, one of the things I've really appreciated so far this morning, this morning, Tim, is as we've talked these principles of Catholic social teaching, uh, each one of our guests so far have really, there's been some beautiful personal testimony intertwined with the very nature of what we're talking about. And so just this living witness, living testimony of that which we're speaking of, I think it's so important. I think that's one of the biggest things that's lost. I think it's one of the biggest things that makes it so hard to not just articulate, but even to uh, contemplate what can this look like because we're always looking well, where, where can we look to see what this looks like mm-hmm. you know and we're going to talk about some of that um, one of the one-liners I mentioned it earlier that Sister Marie shared that was it's just kind of it almost anchors the show um, mm-hmm. it's one of those moments like ooh that's good I'm writing it down <laughs> you know, the truth is not subject to us we are subject to it mm-hmm. and when we talk truth and the nature of truth I know we can get really philosophical but then we got to yield to an authority we got to yield 
to that which is going to proclaim that truth. And I know uh, this morning in the second half of our segment, we wanted to talk, you wanted to get into some scriptures. What's, what are some scriptures that really speak to the beauty of life and the dignity of the human person? Yeah, so true, Mark. And could I just comment on that for just Absolutely. a second? Okay, so let, let's bring this really home to our people. You talk about, you know, we're not, uh, we're subject to the truth, right? The truth. Think of anything in your life. You're, you play basketball, Mark. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know your sons do too. Probably mm-hmm. your, your daughter might too. Okay. Objective truth. You take it for granted. There's traveling. There's fouls. There's this. There's that, right? It's like you formed habits in basketball where I bet you didn't even think of trying to run when you had the basketball in your hand without dribbling, right? It didn't even cross your mind. But when, well, you, when I started, it did. That's exactly <laughs> right? it. When yeah. you started, it did. You see, it's like anything else. When you're, t- If you're not taught the truth, okay, well, then it's like, you're a bad coach. Well, that's what the priests, the parents, or that, that people yeah. are trying to do, trying to teach you the truth. And then once you practice it, you know, holy habits. 1804, the catechism, I love. What does it say? It says, the, 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 uh, the virtuous person freely practiced the good with ease, joy, and self-mastery. There. Think about mm. driving. Mar four-year-old Romeo just turned four years old. You talk about a personal witness. I mean, I don't have time to tell it now. Oh, but he's it's just, a, a gift of joy. Like objectively speaking, <laughs> you know, I just met him and he's just joyful. Yeah, yeah. Romeo's red light mean stop. What's green light mean go? What's yellow light mean slow down or go really fast? Go faster. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but the idea is they know that. And think of the mm-hmm. objective truth. Think of the chaos. Though. Think of music. It's been for centuries. There's been this dots on a page with little lines on right. them. But if you understand the language, the language of driving, the language of basketball, the language of music, the language now of the human person, and let me give you a one-liner that always sticks with me, John Paul II, the only appropriate response to the human person is love. Amen. Boom. And remember, truth and freedom have to be together because, mm-hmm. as I said before, if, if freedom is, is, is detached from truth, it's not free. Okay, you can choose an alcoholic can choose, drink, 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 right? But pretty soon we can become a slave to our passions, and we're totally bounded and not free. Oh, and you talk truth and freedom, and then almost right out of the mouth, truth, freedom, faith, reason. Absolutely, and they're going to build right on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's get to the scripture because there's many, many places we talk about. You know, the Old Testament, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm one thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah forty nine fifteen. I will never forget you, my people. Carve you in the palm of my hand. Even if the mother forgets, I won't forget. But I want to go to some specific examples. Let's go. For instance, this happened on Sunday. By the way, a real life example. My wife is working at Riverview, and a Riverview resident was out for a walk along Fifty Second Avenue South. For whatever reason, experienced some difficulty, it was lying there on the ground. Right along 52nd, a busy street here in Fargo, for those of you guys that don't know Fargo. This was a resident from Riverview? A resident from okay. Riverview. And, 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 could, and it was out, you know, so he, he can be out and around. Cars sure. just driving by, and this couple, who did not know him from Adam, stops, picks him up, and he was able to say, I live at Riverview. They take him there, take him to my wife, and, and, she, and they say, we found this man lying on the side of 52nd Avenue. He said, he lives or does he? She says, yes. Can you take care of him? Yes, we will. What does it bring to mind? The Good Samaritan. The story of the Samaritan, you Absolutely. bet. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and, and this, this, is, this is bringing it around. How many people are so busy? I've got to do this. I've got to do that. They don't even see a human person along yeah. the side of the road who might, you know, or I don't want to do that, you know, because what might happen? So again, and, and what's the key? Every one of these things I'm going to talk about has a key line. The key line here, who is my neighbor? Remember that? He wanted to justify himself. Remember, talking to Jesus. Yep. Jesus is this neighbor. So that, that's one. Another example. Woman caught in adultery. Okay. 
So, so the, the, the Pharisees and scribes would bring this woman to test Jesus, right? To test him. And yeah. they make her stand right in the middle. I mean, how many times, right? Go back to your family. Think about it in your, your family. Does someone start picking on someone, brings them in front of you? They're basically bringing dad. You got to do something yeah. because this person was wrong. Figure it out. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Okay. And, and of course, you know, where's the man, by the way, right? Because there must have been two and he's not around. So it's clear to test him. But of course, the, the key is this. What did Jesus? He uses the compassion charity and clarity he has compassion he writes in the ground notice he's just you know mm-hmm. and think about this woman not a, you're shaking in your boots right because she's going to be stoned she's going to be killed and, and this guy who she's probably never heard of is what and of course jesus turns the trap right around he says let you who is without sin cast the first stone now, you might think, well, it's Pharisees. Well, we're, we're sinless. They should be grabbing rocks and right. throwing. Those were, those were the priests of the day. Those yeah, were the, exactly. the authority. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and they were the separate ones. They, they were, so, you know, think about, think about in your family. Who's, who's your goody two-sus, right? You know, who, who's the one who always follows the rules, right? Yeah. But it's, it's key, right? What happens? They go away starting with the eldest. You see, because they realize, what if I do throw the stone? If I do throw the stone and I kill her, right? That's a capital crime. You're, you're, you're going to be executed. They're going to say, well, Jesus told... No, Jesus didn't tell. He just said, if you were without sin, cast the first stone. So what's going to happen if they do stone her? They're the ones that are going to be killed. Yeah. You see, they're yeah. the ones that are going to be... And so what does Jesus do? Look, look, at the, look at the compassion he has and the, the charity. No one condemn you? I don't either. There's a charity, but go and sin no more. Yeah. You see, that's the charity and clarity that, that we have to have with Jesus. So th- th- those are just two examples. And I know we probably need to move on. Well, no, that's okay. These are great scriptural examples. Um and what stands out to me, because I think what we're prone to do in our culture, our society, whether it's out of our sin, whether it's out of an honest, an, an honesty, mm-hmm. uh, or if it's out of almost <laughs> wanting to manipulate or tweak it that it fits your own uh, thoughts. That scripture passage is one that speaks volumes to me because, you know, where, where, where do those, uh, I'm just about to ruin it, uh, <laughs> Where are those who judge you? Neither do I, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, but then when he says, that's where we want to stop on that particular mm-hmm. scripture. We stop there mm-hmm. because in our world, what's become very in vogue is, well, don't judge. Yeah, exactly. Jesus says, Matthew 7, don't mm-hmm. judge. Or Matthew, was it Matthew it's, 1, it's 7? Matthew 7. Yeah, stop. Matthew okay. 7, yeah. 7, 1. Stop judging. Thank you. So, okay. So don't judge me. And uh, how convenient scripture can be. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus says, so go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Well aware that, yeah, she wasn't living a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So just like, and I, I love the three C's, the compassion, charity, and clarity. Compassion and charity, we stop often at the charity part. Mm-hmm. I don't judge you. Mm-hmm. But then she, he goes on to say, go and sin no more. Wait a minute. No, like, so let me give you some direction then. Mm-hmm. Some clarity. Yeah. Why? To be fulfilling, to experience authentic joy, to experience what you're made for. Yeah. You know, and I, so I just, I, you're, the scripture, you're giving it foundation. We yield to that authority. But I think what's so important when we yield to that authority is then let's also pay attention to its context, to its depth and breadth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's just what stands out to me because it's a great scripture. Absolutely. And it's important. What authority are we going to follow, right? Our own authority, some other, or are we going to follow the truth that comes from God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, Tim, I feel like there's so many directions we can go. And I just, it's so easy to talk with you. Uh, I love it. Um, 
but it's practical. Let's sure. get practical. Yep. Exactly. How do we share this with others? That's great. Well, again, I'd like to just go back to take it home, take it to your spouse, take it to your, mm-hmm. take it to your family, smile, be kind, do little things with great love. My wife is a great example. I'm this big thinker. You know, I'll speak to these people, do this. She says, she's one-on-one. She's helping, yeah. looking someone in the eye, helping take care of their needs. When she and I worked for hospice, volunteer for hospice, it was so great because it was one-on-one personal encounter with a person. Yeah. You know, now we need other things too, but mm-hmm. the, the number one thing is that personal encounter. And I would just say, we can take a great example from Mother Teresa. Think about Mother Teresa. One of the most famous people in the world, didn't have degrees, didn't have any position. She just loved. And people yeah. were going, oh my goodness, amazing love. And so I would say this, two things, prayer and service. Okay, The foundation has to be prayer. And then, then we can serve quickly. Some of you might know her prayer. Just silence is the key mark, as you know. Yeah. Because if we don't hear the voice of God, that's key. So she said the fruit of silence is prayer. Prayer is that now, a dialogue with God. The fruit of prayer is faith. Once we're dialoguing with God, we begin to have faith or a greater faith in him. The fruit of faith is love. Now with that faith, faith without works is dead. Read James chapter 2, right? The idea is now I've got to make this in acts of love, right? And of course, the, the fruit of love then is service. It's one-on-one. Look what Mother mm-hmm. Teresa did, right? And then the fruit of service is peace will be Totally fulfilled. So I would just leave our listeners with with that type of an idea. Well, and let's let's actually at the very end of our segment, let's just let's maybe bring that prayer as a mm-hmm. close to our segment. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's it. When we started from the from the break, one of the things I mentioned was the importance. Uh, it's been a blessing to have the guests that we've had because you know they're really striving to live with that of which they speak. Mm-hmm. You know, not of just what they speak, but what they've been called to do. How are they sharing God's word? How are they really being disciples of Christ? You know, there's so many ways to really be a disciple of the Lord. Um, but at the heart of all of it, it almost always is going to point to or lead to conversion. Absolutely. Conversion to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so really that's going to be the heart, the heart and fruit of Catholic social teaching is always a deepening and a conversion to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fundamental to all that then, of course, is to respect life. Life is at the core. It's the principle of principles, if yep. you will. Yep. You know, we got to take a break here again. <laughs> yeah. So, but if we could bring our time of, with you, Tim, to a close with that prayer of Mother Teresa, can you lead us sure. in that? And then let's facilitate an encounter in Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing. We say, please help us to be silent because the fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. And the fruit of service is peace. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tim, thank you so much. Again, it just didn't feel like enough time. <laughs> <laughs> if, By the way, just if, if people want to get a hold of me, tim.moser yes. at fargodiocese.org. Email me. I'll come out into your parish, and I'll speak on this if you want. So, so uh, Tim, as well as the Director for the Respect Life Office, speaks often. Again, say the, uh, the email again, Tim. Tim.moser, M-O-S-S-E-R, at fargodiocese.org. When we come back, We'll be joined by phone with Father Jeff Epler, also from the Diocese of Fargo. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 